welcome to Peace and Resist. Welcome to Peace and Resist, a weekly activism podcast. With your host today, it's me, Kedro. We have the Mia Mason Supercut Interview Edition from last month. It's significant that this is being released again with the Equality Act being talked about in Congress, and it's going to be passed. This wasn't planned exactly for it to drop at this time, but it's significant that we get to bring it up now as the Equality Act is moving forward. But we learn about Mia Mason, the candidate, the person. I hope you enjoy Mia, you are an ardent supporter of the Equality Act. Introduced as bipartisan legislation in 2019, Senate Republicans refused to move on it. Do you believe the new Democratic Senate can get this passed? Actually, I think they will. I think it'll be part of their first 100 days to get all the priorities done. I think this will be something that can easily be done because we now have the near majority. Uh, So all of those bills that were also on Senate McConnell's desk may be just shifted over and passed through, which will provide a lot of progress here in America. You're not kidding. I read the text of the bill last night, and I'm really excited about what's going to be in here. Uh, So what does the bill mean to you? as a member of the LGBT community? Well, the first thing I want to say is it's there to protect us regardless of where we go. If we're federally employed, a state employee, and that it should protect us even in schools and housing and everywhere else. And as part of the LGBT community, it it means that the hate will no longer be tolerated, that Mm. discrimination can end and we can start to restore equity as now we will have equality for all. That is, that's wonderful. That is, it's great to hear because it's not just the words in the text. Like you said, with the Senate flipping, it can become real. It can be a real change for everybody. And I I love that answer. You made a great point about the housing. It amends the Fair Housing Act. It's almost like an update on the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to account for modernity, for, for all the progress we've made. Well, it takes the Civil Rights Act and actually makes it part of the Constitution, which it should have been. Uh, but right. because of religious freedom groups and everybody else who seek to discriminate based on color, skin, sexual orientation, identity, and whoever else they want to, you know, monopolize on by discriminating against them, yeah. uh, this kind of stops that. And which means that, you know, people who are disenfranchised or hurt have, now has a legal opportunity to take action and protect everyone in our community. Becoming a part of the Constitution, that is significant. Yeah. The Civil Rights Act becoming a part of the Constitution. Constitution yeah. Awesome. Let's learn a little bit more about Mia beyond the political spectrum. Um, so I'm wondering, uh, what non-political subjects are you really into right now? Um, what do you have a lot of knowledge on and of? Well, uh, I'm retired, so I used to have a lot of experience, like in my military background, electronic warfare, uh, aviation electronics, and calibration. Um, So kind of tinkering around right now, applying that to fixing things like my computer, playing with train sets, 3D printing, and of course, trying to really help my spouse. Uh, We're repairing her boat. And I'm like, you know, I had 10 years of experience grinding, sanding, <laughs> painting, polishing. Yeah. Let me help. <laughs> no kidding. So is that, is that, would that be more software engineer or hardware engineer? Uh, uh, I, I, I don't touch hardware. I mean, software. <laughs> I, 
it's bad enough to even try to get computer parts right now. So things are really delayed. I used to take old computer servers and rebuild them and sell them. That's something that, that I used to do when I was overseas in the Navy. It's something I did once I first got out of active duty to make money. Starting the Dabla again in it, but it just requires a lot of time and resources to actually fix hardware and make new servers. Wow. Well, that's, good luck with that. Awesome. That yeah. is, it's a little bit above me. We had yeah. uh, a fun time just figuring out the audio for this, yeah. you know, about 30 <laughs> minutes in advance. So uh, maybe someday in the future, you could help us out if you're not too busy, you know. Uh, oh, no problem. I'll show you how to do uh, virtual backgrounds and all of that fun stuff and make videos. Yeah, so. we need help with that too. The yeah. lighting, all of it, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Podcasts are successful too. Yeah. Hopefully. Oh. One at a time, we're building it. One listener at a time. <laughs> uh, Rep. Andy Harris... Republican, Maryland 1st District, your district. He continued to push conspiratorial election fraud claims while opposing Joe Biden's nomination on January 6th. Even after our Capitol was attacked, an activist group in Maryland, Together We Will, organized a protest outside of Rep. Harris's home. The Maryland Democratic Party even called on him to resign. What do you believe it would take to unseat Andy Harris? Well, I remember asking him to resign as well. He's uh, right now flat out refused to even resign. Mm. In fact, this week he said he's running for election again as police storm around his neighborhood to make sure protesters don't show up. Mm. Uh, and, and you kind of forgot that he also got into a near fist fight on the House floor. So I hope that either Marylanders um, take the right action in the House and the Senate within Maryland to, you know, sanction him. And then, of course, our, you know, federal U.S. House and Senate can expel all 126 traitorous, seditious foes who basically, you know, objected to this election and don't believe it. And the grounds for this is the same reason that Abraham Lincoln had folks that were expelled from Congress because they didn't believe it was a fair election. They thought it was rigged and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. The big thing I think will actually change uh, is our redistricting. Governor Hogan last week talked about, you know, getting things done, providing the committee to finally get the area redistricted, make it, you know, not gerrymandered. Because when you take a look at District 3, it's like spaghetti soup. Or <laughs> I did look at it. I was looking at the wall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're looking to see that because here's the thing. District 1 has 12 of the 24 counties. Other districts, they may have one or two counties and that's it, which means it's really easy to transit. No matter where I go in District 1, it takes like two to four hours to get from one side to the other. So you go from the hills of Carroll County through the Chesapeake Bay and Cecil County, mm -hmm. all the way down to the Atlantic Ocean, Ocean City. So it is a lot. Right. Um, it, the oh, map of Maryland, you, the eastern shore, it's, there's like an inlet almost yeah. into Maryland. Mm -hmm. And so it is very winding, kind of sprawling that your district is. The fact that Governor Hogan is looking at redistricting in a real way, that is phenomenal. That's a really big deal. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. I can't and, wait to see you running that. Yeah, and, and to get Andy Harris out, I think we're going to have to basically continue to call him who he is. He's basically as traitorous as Trump. And to yep. rally yeah. upon that and talk to all of our mailenders and get them to vote him out, regardless of where this new district is, and show his true face and colors. You know, I was supported by 143,000 Marylanders, and regardless of where we plan our foot next for the next district, 
I know that we can succeed. The hard work will be self-evident uh, once we win our primary and then win the general. Well said. What are you currently watching or reading right now? Well, I wasn't really watching anything until I finished my election. So I started binge watching things. And Sarah and I have started to watch The Expanse. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, that's a show. That's my show. <laughs> yeah. I love The Expanse. <laughs> so I'm in the middle of season yeah. three right now. Okay. Um, and then, of course, I put a Twitter poll out there to see what I should be watching. And I've never seen The Office and I never saw Game of Thrones. Mm. Um, Me neither so, on both. You know, Twitter said I should be watching The Office. So mm. after I finish The Expanse, I'll be watching The Office. I'll have to get the little app or whatever and cancel <laughs> Netflix <laughs> <laughs> in order to s- switch off that $10 uh, fee. But, you exactly. know, I think it would be worth it to get caught up on that before this whole election gets into too busy. Because even after then, as far as reading, most of the time I listen to audiobooks on the way. So I'll probably listen to Star Wars, uh, The Aftermath, because we finished watching all of the Mandalorian uh, mm. during the Christmas holidays and got nice. caught up with that. And, you know, besides watching Star Trek and stuff, I love reading like technical manuals and stuff. So there's, there's a lot to be done there uh, right. and to learn. But right now it's kind of a nice break to get away from everything yeah. and just spend quality time with the family. And I'm like, do you understand that we've been locked up for the last year because <laughs> yeah, of COVID? Yeah. Exactly. And I'm like, yes, I just want to <laughs> spend more time at home with you and all this other stuff. But that was because I was out during that entire time, but COVID uh, during right. an election. Exactly. And, Campaigning. Yeah. And I'm thankful for like the last four months to be together with my spouse because she started going back to work. So now I'm home all alone. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Now I can finally do chemical warfare. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Man, well, that's funny you said the expanse yeah. for him. Yeah, because we, I was, we were literally just talking about yep. I'm really oh, excited about so that. You, so you're like uh, several seasons ahead. Yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I got cool. a lot to catch up on. <laughs> yeah, The Office, too. Uh, everyone I know says it's good. Like, every type of person says it's really funny, so... I'm sure yeah, because like I, I think from one of the YouTube videos I saw, it basically depicts like every type of person that you would either have in high school or your office workplace. And I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a lot exactly. Of <laughs> yeah. All right. There is a photo of you in a U.S. Army uniform with maybe two senior officers, two civilians, and five other service members. It looks like you're preparing kits and blankets with necessities. Uh, is this from your deployment to assist with Hurricane Katrina? No, I was in the Navy during that time. Uh, we were doing Panamax back then, and we were going in after Katrina and our commander, commanding officer back then. She volunteered us to go help out and broke our ship, and then we had to have an aircraft carrier, tugboat, and everything kind of rescue us. because These are things we wouldn't know about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, when you go through all the huge debris field that's after a hurricane, it is mm-hmm. very bad. Uh, we weren't allowed to take photos because there was, you know, all types of things floating that, you know, we could not repeat, like right. parts, carcasses, yeah. etc. Those are the nice words to say. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah. every little memorabilia from your home that got washed out to sea. So yeah. even with that, it is very stressful. But in the photo, I think you're talking about with the Army, we're doing blankets. Those are for uh, service members wounded warriors, uh, Walter Reed in Fort Belvoir, and the organization awesome. is called blankethearts.org. Uh, 
and they're available every year. They do churches, they do events and organizations. But yeah, they make these wonderful no-sew blankets. You can even bring your own fleece blankets, bring a two-pack and then make a blanket out of it. It's really cool to do. All you need is a cool pair of scissors. That's awesome. And what was the website again? Uh, Blankethearts.org. Blankethearts.org. Awesome. To the point on Katrina, you know, 1.2 million Gulf citizens were displaced. Um, Nearly 2,000 people were lost. Um, So, you know, we appreciate you, you know, serving. We appreciate you being a part of that. The National Guard, all the military stepped up and the Army called it the National Guard's finest hour on the website, Tech Sergeant John Orell with the U.S. Air Force. But that speaks to the entire military working together on that. And we appreciate you for that. Yeah, of course. Another sad story about that is, you know, when Hurricane Katrina happened, I went back several years later to Gulfport, Mississippi, and to basically go to Keesler Air Force Base for some more training. And even after two to three years, the economy was not still back up. Things were still destroyed. Things were still rotting. And it was slowly recovering. Uh, But then when you take a look at like Puerto Rico and other places where they get hit with back-to-back hurricanes, it takes them, you know, three to five years to recover. Mm. Um, So, so it's very important for us to understand that, that we need to be able to support anybody along the coastline or an island uh, that needs our help. Absolutely. Be it the Eastern shore in Maryland or Puerto Rico, everywhere. Well said. Maryland's first industrial district um, includes all of the Eastern Shore and lots of rural land. Um, what are some of your personal favorite aspects of the Eastern Shore? Well, for the Eastern Shore itself, uh, they have, our district has some northern parts where it has state parks and the hills and the mountains and stuff. But on the Eastern Shore, you know, I'm kind of a city girl, so I like Chestertown, Denton, and St. Michael's. Once Sarah and I fix our boat and we do our repairs for the season, we're going to be spending some time in Rock Hall and other little towns along the awesome. coast. I, I did see the boat chartering as an option in Maryland. That So yeah. that's going to be fun for you, too. Yeah, but, you know, we're not trying to charter anybody. We're just taking oh, yeah. ourselves out. And, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Still yeah. going to be good to get on the water. And, and see, <laughs> I'm learning the language. Now I know what charter means. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're also trying to find bikes and it's ridiculous because they're so expensive now. And what used to be a hundred, $200 bike is now like a couple thousand. And like, that's ridiculous. Because everyone's right. Getting into the craze. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, I actually found, uh, I looked at visitmaryland.com and I found 20 things to experience in the Eastern shore. Can I read five to you and you pick your favorite? Sure. Okay. So uh, one, I saw witness the wild roaming horses. Uh, two, reach the dreamy beach. Three, indulge at the boardwalk. Four, visit the Chesapeake City Historic District. And five, experience the crab capital of Crisfield. Well, I think Crisfield would be one of the places I, I really like. Seafood, you gotta mm-hmm. have your old bay. And then, of course, um, exploring the beaches. Not many people go out there. Not many people know it because they're all going to the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, you get to go out there and see the wildlife and if you're lucky the wild horses but uh they migrate back and forth to virginia so it's very nice to see that's mm. that's really cool see i didn't know about that and now suddenly the maryland first district is like a date destination yeah. with the wild horses and things <laughs> maybe that's one of the spots i just recommend don't trying to catch them 
tip them over <laughs> or try to find them. They're, gotcha. they're yeah. wild horses. Uh, if you yeah. want to do that, there's local stables in Berlin and Pocomo City that are wonderful to go to and they'll help you out. Thank you for the warning. That Thanks was important. Warning, yeah. It's like you know me. <laughs> <laughs> what does the Eastern Shore need from their representative? Oh, an actual yes. Um, <laughs> one of the hardest things that he likes to do is say no to everyone, mm-hmm. um, especially because he gives out grants and they actually need federal funding. Our farmers need the help. Um, you know, they need the continuous uh, infrastructure, internet new codes for plumbing and everything else to go through and the funding that goes with it to actually make it happen so the utilities can be upgraded. And, you know, we're dealing with a lot of seashore erosion, which also means that uh, more salt water is seeping into the land, which isn't good for anything uh, because it'll create more droughts. It won't allow food to grow and it will kill natural forests. So we need to be able to protect that and to get more of the agriculture and natural resources provided in the Maryland so that we, they can be fully staffed and manned and not just granted to whenever Andy Harris has his next election. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like it sounds like the water is salinating the land, if that's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, it so is. soil is, yeah, salty soil, salty soil it, nothing can grow, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you ever come down here and you start out in Dorchester where like Church Creek is all the way down to Somerset to Crisfield, most of that's all ground level. So depending on the tide will tell you if you can or cannot leave your neighborhood because then you'll have to cross water on the level road. So it's, it's not a good thing and we need to be able to get that fixed or do some type of FEMA action and Department of Homeland Security and buy these homes and relocate these folks away from low-lying areas. Yeah, and Maryland's representative should be fighting for that, like you've said. But he doesn't. But he, he doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> He'd rather take on this election and support super gun rights. And I'm like... I support guns and all this other stuff, but you're kind of doing it the wrong way. (laughs) Let's go to rural Maryland. What are some of your favorite parts of rural Maryland? So if you ever needed to head out to Betterton, and if there's the island over there by Rock Hall are pretty rural, uh, they're isolated. Haven't made it the Smith Island, but Popular Island is a nice place to go to. It's beautiful for bird migrations. I missed it for 2020 because of the pandemic and other stuff. But yeah, you know, it's it's great to go down there, see the actual environment. You get to see deers, horses, right. crabs. There's animal around. sanctuaries all around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. What does rural Maryland need from their representatives? They need internet. Right now, the only thing that may be viable for anyone to be like Comcast or Universal or whoever wants to provide it is uh, Starlink. It's provided by Tesla. Uh, but it will definitely be a game changer out in the Eastern shore, because right now, even if you go out there, like I, once I kind of leave route 5301, I have to like download my maps and make sure that I don't get lost. And that's when I was doing my campaign. And it's still something that I have to do before leaving. If I'm going to go where there is no cell phone signal. See, I remember the Thomas guides growing up. Mm -hmm. My grandpa would have the Thomas Thomas guide. We'd draw with a highlighter, the map when we'd go on a trip, you know, so it's, being in Los Angeles, you know, we, it's easy to forget that, that yeah. there are still plenty of parts of the country that need mm-hmm. infrastructure. They need the internet alone. We're, we take it for granted we, sometimes. We do take it for granted yeah. out here. I remember growing up and my parents would always go to AAA before we had drive yep. yeah, the AAA maps, yeah. <laughs> to go skiing. So it was always exactly. nice to go there and have those maps. 
but now because everything changes so rapidly, you need to download something before you go out on the road. Yeah. yeah. Well, your platform for the rural community in Maryland is so full, uh, supporting the Farmer's Bill of Rights, supporting sustainability and new technology like solar or wind as applicable, yep. um, economic security, it goes on and on. And uh, you really, it shows that you really care about it. It is because the thing is, is that they've been asking for this stuff for 20, 30 years. Mm. And why haven't they done this? It's because we have representative Harris and then he has his goons and cronies who get elected that he places and provides money to. Okay. So he takes his war chest and then self-elects his own folks. Yeah, so the that they continue to have like zero government, zero controls, zero budgets, and the economies just become tourist destinations and turmoils and boarded up and you see lease for lease and for sale everywhere. Uh, mm. And that's not good. Uh, that mm. means opportunities were missed that, you know, could have been helped. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, well said. So you had Amy Schumer Jr. for a campaign event uh, with Towson University. Um, I know you went there. Um, still, how did you pull that off? Well, I didn't go to Townsend University. Oh, oh no, uh, uh, and, Amy Schumer. Oh, Amy, no, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Schumer. Amy Schumer. Yeah. Schumer. Yeah. 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 So basically she reached out to us, um, which oh. was fascinating. So she got to yeah. speak to Lauren and everything else before we got on. And basically the way it was set up in the premise and I'm doing all the technical stuff like I, I would be doing right now if we were streaming. Mm -hmm. And she joined us uh, to Zoom bomb us because the thing is, is that she wanted to surprise, you know, all of the Townsend folks that were there in class currently who joined our, you know, town hall meeting. And she spent time talking to them. It wasn't That's so much so cool. talking for me. It was talking for the school and for the reason why that she supports the school and why uh, being a progressive Democrat is important because you actually do make the change that needs to happen to help everyone versus just doing nothing as Republicans. That's awesome. And that's so true. Right now, Democrats are the party of action. Yeah. Yep. You know, going back to our first question with the Equality Act that's been sitting, Democrats are going to get it done. Who are your favorite comedians? Well, I started out with George Carlin for all okay. of his nice, nice. conversations. Yeah. After I was joining the military, I would have to say Carlos Mencia because I dee 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 dee. dee. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. then, of course, you know, as we're getting into what right now with the end of the Trump legacy, I found Randy Rainbow to be pretty hilarious. Oh, he's he's been so funny. <laughs> I know. And he needed. <laughs> to get through the last four years. So it yeah. was worth it. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he, and then of course we got Stephen Colbert. Um, yeah, definitely one of hands down. And, and then like, you know, Trevor Noah has been killing it. Yeah, he, he has. He really, really has. has uh, been, been holding down the Daily holding, Show. He's been holding it down yeah. since yeah. he's got there. Yeah. yeah. I always love his back-to-back -back conversations with him and his impression. But he, <laughs> you know, like it makes sense, you know, yeah. it's spot on and I love it. Exactly. And being able to take politics and make it that kind of version of light and still have that heavy content driven and, and exactly. newsworthy, yeah. you know. Yeah, it, it's a special skill. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll get there one day. Yeah. <laughs> well, even for me, I have a lot of dry humor and I'm like trying to take points and lessons from these folks. And I'm like, yeah, some of it goes over my head. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with George Carlin, I mean, what is it? The seven words you can't say on TV. I mean, he's all timer. His stuff is still relevant. Still, uh, still to this day. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the best comedy sketches I remember of him is when he decided to talk about him, you know, flying over people's homes and saying that all oh, their houses were full of, you know, those yeah. seven words. Because, <laughs> you know, when I die, at least I'll be by myself and I won't have a house full of the seven words. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <man. laughs> okay, uh, let's uh, let's wrap this up. So, last question: uh, Along with the Equality Act, you also support the Moore Act and marijuana legalization in conjunction with an end to the war on drugs approach. We also fully support this here. Yeah. Uh, what tangible impacts could marijuana legalization have for Maryland farmers and for your district? Well, I think the best thing is, is that it would jumpstart our economy. We'd mm. be able to make more manufacturers happy because they're using environmental safe products. We can basically help our farmers make a profit instead of be, you know, at margins that are still the same since the 70s. I think yeah. this would really help us out. And then, of course, as far as retail business, more small business owners and will be able to take these products to market and make sure that they're of quality. This overall will be able to provide a taxation on, from the farmer all the way to the retailer to provide the taxes we need to fix our healthcare systems, fix our roads in Maryland, help our schools and get the Kerwin Commission passed. That money will be on the table if it's approved and Maryland goes completely legal for just a simple product. If you remember, gasoline is tax, alcohol used to be, it was banned. And then when it was brought back after it was repealed through the constitution, it was taxed. You can go to the liquor store and you pay a sales tax on it. Well, let's do the same thing for marijuana. And then of course that will allow us to also reform the police to provide more money for educators. Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, get everybody what they need and get them out of jail, especially if they're nonviolent and it's only a couple grams. Why do you need 10 to 100 years or life sentences for exactly. it's ridiculous yeah. you hit, you hit so many great yeah. points make it a, a cash crop a brand new cash crop to the market for maryland it is and it's already being done right now oh, for we, 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 yeah. we know here yeah so real quick to the point of police right it would just help them in their jobs day to day right in 2010 according to the aclu 52 percent of all drug arrests were for marijuana in 2018, it was still 43.2%. If we can legalize that, change the scope, even for just a couple nugs, a couple grams, it doesn't have to be the same penalty. Yeah. And there's even racial disparities with how, yeah. you know, how the arrests go down, like you referenced. I did look at a study from 2018 from New Frontier, a cannabis anal- analytics company. If marijuana had been legalized in 2018, we would have gotten about $105.6 billion in federal aggregate tax revenue, 1 million jobs would have been created by 2025 had it been legalized in 2018. So, I mean, the numbers are real. You're, you're saying it and it's really, uh, we appreciate that you, that you speak to it because you don't have to be a user. You don't have to be a hippie. No one out there has to be a hippie to realize there's a benefit there's here benefits. in health. Well, in, you know, it also helps our veterans who have like PTSD, TBI. Exactly. Being medical you know, it, yeah. It's just not blue collar workers or white collar workers or your hipster who's working the, as a bar, budrista. You know, it's going to help everyone regardless of who they are or what income level they're at. To that point, I have a family member who actually started using medical marijuana, and she now is able to take fewer heavy medications that were really causing uh, disruptions in her life with having to balance that. And now she's able to take less. And I actually talked with her doctors, and 
they were like, this is actually going to help her balance. This is a good thing. And we've it's been able to help her out. So uh, you said it, you nailed it. And to a bigger point, PTSD with veterans, uh, yeah. pain management with athletes yeah. who, who leave the fields, leave the courts and can't walk, can't walk right. Same with uh, kids who have seizures. And for, for the young adults who are super stressed with tons of anxiety because they're going through so much, this provides an actual opportunity to have edibles available or oils available so that oh, yeah. they can actually be functional adults and not have to that last one. short to opioids. So this right. will end that drug war in that opioid crisis and, and make our lives a lot better. You nailed it. Yeah, exactly. Well, well Mia, that's, uh, that's pretty much our last question. We did have the bonus question. I don't know if you agreed to it. Did you want to do the uh, wrestling question? Uh, yeah, I think we can do that one. Okay. I, Trump's no longer doing that, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's our turn. <laughs> We're taking it back. Yeah. We're taking it all back. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, you are a wrestler. What is your wrestling name? I think it would have to be my old nickname back when I was a young elementary kid, Break. Uh, so it would have to be break. Mia Break. Yeah, Mia Break. Mia break. break this, break that. Break you from the nice. top of the ropes. Well, Mia Break uh, wins the world championship by defeating 2020. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't go for something simple like The Rock or something. Yeah. <laughs> Mia Break. <laughs> Awesome. Well, right. uh, thank you so much for joining us, Mia. It was great to meet you. Yeah. We'll fix our lighting if we ever talk again. Thanks yeah. for this interview. Thank you. And just uh, have a great day and good luck in the upcoming election. Uh, to confirm, you are running for 2022, right? Yes, we are. The first day that we can file is in uh, February, but we're also waiting to see wh where the redistricting lays um, okay. before we make the major announcement. But people know that we're running. Uh, people are joining and helping us write and do things. So if they mm -hmm. want to be able to join, uh, please join us at miadmason.us. Uh, click on the little volunteer link and then go from there. Uh, that'll get you uh, in touch with our campaign manager and get you started on the right pathway to removing Andy Harris. Agreed. And I can vouch for her team. They are awesome. Please follow her at Mia4MD. That's Mia, the number four, MD. And you can shop her merchandise at miamason.shop. Yep. All right. Mia, again, thank you. This was really fun. Uh, this was our first interview. We didn't know what we were doing. You could tell that by my emails with you back and forth. Um, thank you. Thank you. No problem. And as always, do like I do. Learn from YouTube and it will make a difference. Good call. <laughs> thank you. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Mia Mason really brought it. She is the right candidate for Maryland's first district if she does end up filing for that based on the redistricting. And we wish her well in her future political endeavors and her personal life. We hope her and Sarah have a great time on the boat. And just thank you for joining us again, Mia. Just so gracious to be our first guest. It was an awkward interview with the bad lighting that we had set up. We have worked that out. And uh, just thank you again everyone listening you know how much i appreciate you thank you so much for tuning in i hope you learned a little bit more about another part of this country about rural maryland what they need thank you for listening keep on resisting it'll be nice to finally see the equality act pass that's for sure if you enjoyed listening to the show Please support us at patreon.com slash voting in for each key.